0: This is Queen Speaking. What's the difference between a boss and a queen? When you're a queen, you're owning every aspect of your life. From work, to money, to relationships, there are no boundaries. You can't pause who you are. The challenge is how to own it. What makes you, you? We're in this together. Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us?
1: Hey, Sid. Hey, Breon. How are you doing? I am doing really well. How are you doing? Just hanging in there. (laughs) I always think of the. Still winter. What is
0: that like motivational uh, poster with like a monkey hanging in there?
1: Oh, is that what it is?
0: Yeah. From the 90s.
1: It's probably in um, How I Met Your Mother on Barney's like wall of encouraging things. P.S. Did you know that Kobe Smolders is a Kobe, not Colby? from that show yeah I had no idea do you know what her real name is no Jacoba I'm just gonna leave that with you
0: interesting if you what is that native she to? is
1: uh Canadian Jacoba Francis Marie Smoulders. well
0: Kobe makes sense then as a nickname
1: it does but I always thought it was Colby we've gotten off track what's going on with you these <laughs> days <laughs>
0: It's funny that you mentioned that, though, because I did happen to like randomly watch an episode of How I Met Your Mother while I was at the gym. Such a good show. It's kind of a strange... I am
1: psychic if you didn't know. I tell (laughs) everybody, and no one believes me, but then things like this happen, and I'm like, see?
0: All right, back at it. So I'm working on a new challenge for the new year as it relates to cooking, and this is something that I do every year because I like to give myself new, like I love to be in the kitchen, as we all know. Um, But I have a few new cookbooks that I have received and I actually want to cook from them because they have been ones that I specifically asked for because I appreciate the chef or the blogger who wrote all the beautiful recipes in there. So I've decided to plan um, to cook one new recipe a week from one of my new options of cookbooks
1: so you'll let me know when dinner is Mm -hmm. every week for all of these new recipes sure thing great
0: um but i think the thing that helps with this is planning ahead so that i know which recipes are of interest yeah and then have i ended up buying those like little post-it note tabs that you like i used to use them when i would like study for things and uh, had to read like, oh, giant I see what textbooks. You're saying, like a
1: post-it note that's small it's yeah it's like
0: a, a teeny little like, <laughs> like recta- tab. rectangle got it yeah so i bought some of those and have marked in each i've already gone through the cookbooks and been like these are the recipes that are like jumping out at me right now nice. and then when i'm planning out the grocery list i'll go through and pick one that seems appealing mm-hmm. and then make sure that i put all the ingredients on the grocery list too
1: so you're prepared and it's not just like kind of flying by the seat of your pants
0: yes that's because I feel like there's so many occasions where I'm like I would love to make this recipe but I don't have walnuts Mm -hmm. and then you're like well
1: plan is foiled
0: yeah yes and there's always like that one rando ingredient that you're like I mean I'm too lazy I never want to go if I'm in the process of prepping I'm never gonna leave not gonna leave no um so we'll see how this goes but for me it's like kind of this process of, you know, actively using the things that I've asked for and giving myself an opportunity to not just to be like, look at this beautiful cookbook on my shelf, like, let's actually eat the things that are
1: in it. Right. Because there's a reason you asked for it in the first place. Yeah. And it is it part of it might be because it looks nice on your bookshelf, but you actually like to cook. And it's fun that you have given yourself this task that is something that I feel like it's, it's different than a task that you're like, ugh, dragging yourself to do. This is one that you needed to give yourself the task because you knew you wanted to do it, yeah. but you needed some structure to make it happen. Exactly. Which is totally fair. What is up with you? I started taking a coaching class for grad school this semester... It is literally called Coaching and Critical Conversations. Tell me everything. It's amazing. It really is. And do you want to know why it's amazing? Is because when you... I think sometimes when we see people as like their coaches, you're kind of like, oh, what does that mean? Like, And if you know the person, you know what it means. But I feel like coach is one of those words that's getting tossed around a lot these days. Mm -hmm. But this has been really awesome because the techniques that come with it I think are the coolest part and so we're learning that there is so much more to your questioning when you're a coach than just trying to like get to know a person I mean that's Mm -hmm. a part of it but there is definitely like some practicing and some intentionality around it and it's not just like let me figure out what they want to do better and like let me just kind of figure it out as we go but really taking the time to learn about the person learn about their boundaries, learn about your boundaries, Like all of these things that should be in place before you even really dive into the meat of the conversation. Um, And I I think it was one of those things that you always knew, but then seeing it and practicing it ourselves. So throughout Mm -hmm. the semester, we are paired up. And in addition to doing case studies, and article facilitations, we're actually, part of our task is coaching each other. Cool. And putting all of these things into practice. And then we also get to observe coaches at the college who work with our students and see, like, how they do their work and what we notice from, like, what we're learning that they kind of employ throughout their coaching experience. And so it's been really awesome. And I'm fully leaning into it. This is the class I should have had in college that like the kid in the front of the room that's like like just hand in the air the entire time ready to go like that's me for this class and I am just super jazzed about it that's so exciting
0: I can't wait to steal your notes
1: it's it's been great and so I will probably be sharing some of the things that I'm learning throughout because it does feel like it comes up both in you know boss to not boss relationships (laughs) in like friendship, mentoring things or like mentor to mentee kind of stuff and um I think we can all really learn a lot from what what I'm learning in this class. I love it. It's been great. So that's what's going on. What's inspiring you this week, Bron? I read a
0: really interesting article in Fast Company about how rituals and routines go hand in hand. Ooh. And I've definitely heard this from time to time on a few uh episodes that um I listen to Being Boss, the -hmm. podcast, and they talk about this a lot. Um, But it was interesting to see it reflected in a slightly different way um, because – and they talk about in the article that routines help keep us grounded and rituals help us shift from task to task. Interesting. So they're the actual piece that helps us maintain self-control, improve performance, and reduce anxiety before doing stressful work. Oh. And I thought that it was really – like. You know, one of the things that they um, included was a couple interesting examples from like celebrities or people we know in the world, um, like Winston Churchill and Stephen King. And it actually ended up making me more conscious about the rituals that exist within my own routines. Mm Because I think about like routine isn't like an easy thing for me to connect to. Right. But then the rituals that we experience are deeply personal. It's like the strange things that you do that makes you feel comfortable in the things uh, inner space. No, I'm
1: like very self-aware <laughs> of the weird things I do to make me feel comfortable in my space.
0: So one thing that I notice is that I don't eat breakfast until my most important task in the morning is complete. Hmm. And so I'll have my coffee and kind of like tackle the the big three as I as I see it, <laughs> um, and then I break to eat once they're complete because it makes me feel like I've started my day productively. And I also am like, I start the day and I like, that's when I'm freshest. Hmm. And so I hit kind of like a mid-morning lull around like 11 to 1. And so that's a good time for me to like take a breather, maybe go to the gym. Depending nice. on what the situation is, but I just I when I started thinking about it because if you read back to the article that there were some weird examples, <laughs>
1: I'm <laughs> a little like, nervous for what my encounter has. <laughs> there are a lot
0: of things that like come into it, but that was when I was like, huh. It makes me think it's about an everyday thing,
1: right, right, and it makes me think about what like what like you said, separating the mm-hmm. routine from the ritual, because I I think I just automatically put them all together. So really figuring out what is which is something that I don't want to talk about. <laughs> but definitely something I should consider.
0: <laughs> yeah, because, like, I think for me, the thing, the way that I think about it is, like, breakfast is the reward
1: oh, of, like, job well. That's, that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. <all done>. <laughs> Probably.
0: <laughs> so it's an interesting read if you want to think about it from, like, a fast company productivity standpoint.
1: Which I like that they do that because these are things that both show up in our work life but also in our personal life and I feel like something like this I would really only put for me personally put toward my personal life and those Mm. routines but Fast Company having it be from that perspective really makes me think about what my work day looks like and why I do things the way I do them. How you move through the day. Yeah because I'm sure there are some red flags there.
0: (laughs) Well you know acknowledge it and think about it yes yeah good thought process I'll need
1: this article (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) what's inspiring you
1: there was an article from the cut now that I'm fully subscribed yeah (laughs) I get all the articles I want uh that's called I've been in four relationships with the same person and so instantly super good and so instantly that title is a little eye-catching you're like i wonder what that's about and then you start to feel weird that you clicked on it so quickly because you're like what's wrong with me (laughs) i want to know what's going on here but i like this because what it basically broke down to was this woman was describing her relationship i think it had been eight years and they were married and she was i think early 30s um but what she talked about was when people talked to her about like oh you got married so young And how have you stayed together for this long, which are like very personal questions. And I don't know if I can't remember if she actually like addressed the fact that those aren't questions that you should ask someone you don't know, first and foremost. But what she ended up saying, she was like the default answer was always like, oh, you know, like we love each other and it's great. But when she really thought about it, she broke her relationship down into four separate parts that were like pretty distinguishable from the other ones. And I thought that that was actually genius because when you think about the entirety of your relationship, I've been with someone for almost 5 years, my parents have been together for much longer than that, almost 40 years, and I think when you think about your whole relationship the way that you can almost chunk it out and and say what that relationship was at that time. So, when I thought about this for myself in my own relationship, I was like, "Oh my gosh, there were like at least, and we've again only been together for five years, but there's been at least two or three like distinct changes that have happened in our relationship mm-hmm. that I would like put in its own box, and I think that says that there is growth, obviously, but it also like kind of keeps things interesting and exciting, and that you are changing and growing together and when you go back and really think about what that change has looked like instead of just moving through it in a way that we have a tendency to do it really makes you look at your relationship in almost a totally different way. Um and I I went back to the name of the article. It's not for different people, it's for different relationships, mm-hmm. like different relationship styles within the same relationship with that person. And these people didn't break up in that 8 years. It's not like, oh, we t- we took a break and we came back to it. Like they were fully together for that whole time. And I just really I just really enjoyed that way of looking at relationships. I think it makes a lot of sense, especially now
0: where I am mm-hmm. with Dan. When you d- even in the at this like what three and a half years ish of like those time chunks of like this was our new phase, right? And, like s- fresh and unsure of like where we were going and what we were doing, and like the the pivotal shifting moment mm-hmm. that kind of like changes the future. of where you see things going and I think that that it is really cool to know that there is opportunity for the evolution and growth and just like better understanding of each other as as individuals and as a couple yeah and how that changes over time I think is that's cool perspective to have and I think it's good to reflect back on that as an individual. Yeah. And you're with your partner.
1: And we did talk about it. I brought it up the other day just because I was like, what do you think about like this perspective? And he was like, that makes a lot of sense because that was exactly what she broke it down to. Like, oh, she called it the destructive phase from the very beginning because when they were like oh early yes. 20s for them, when they started dating, it was their early 20s. So I'm like, oh, gosh, yeah, that, you know, everything is at a 10 because why not? Instead of really being able to rationally talk through things and understand each other. So I just I really enjoyed it. I flew through it. Um And I thought that that was perspective is one that I had not heard before. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, even as
0: your friend, I can. I I think I can you chunk out my relationship. I have. I know the phases. Yeah,
1: yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and and the more you know someone, I think yeah. For all the the friends that I have that are in relationships, you can really look at it for the length of time, and we're like, wow, yeah, like I can see all through it. (laughs) And I I might call it something different than you would call it. (laughs) <laughs> that's okay but it is it's fun to think about and and it, and it should be I think I saw it as a fun opportunity to really look back at something that you experience every single day mm-hmm. and really take the time to like appreciate it and consider it and feel really good about the work that you've done to get to the place that you're at I love that That was good it was really good okay Bron what are we talking about give it to me straight
0: We are talking about journaling journaling today. (laughs) Journaling. We love journaling. Um, So there are a lot of benefits to journaling because you're just getting that mental work done and, like, improving your own self-awareness practice. But I think... There's also opportunity for you to improve writing skills and so much more. But I think one of the hardest things to capture with a journaling practice is actually sticking to it.
1: thousand percent.
0: Um, And so one of the things that we wanted to talk about here was just what different types of journaling methods are out there and how to actually make it a habit. And I think Sid and I are both coming at it from a cool perspective because I, the way that it works for me now is just like I do it when I have something on my mind mm-hmm. and it's not an actual consistent thing, but I want it to be. And I think you have a little bit more practice making it a consistent practice mm-hmm. Um and how to actively do it so that it's something that's actually good for
1: you and not just a thing that you do. Absolutely. And I think that, like you said, like the making it a habit is the hardest part, but I always want to go back to that like being kind to yourself and whatever we start we don't need to like have a finish for or a success point or an end goal but if you're adding it to your routine like just understand what you're coming at it from and all the other things that are on your plate and a friend of ours actually just posted that like she consciously added a weekly journaling routine Mm -hmm. versus a nightly because she knew that she wouldn't be able to do it nightly, no matter what her best intentions were. And I think like that honesty with yourself, even if you think it would benefit you by doing it nightly, but that's a place to work up to. Yeah. Um, and just really considering what you have space for when you begin something like this. Because again, it is it's it's a habit building thing, but it's also something that you're doing to make yourself feel better, hopefully, or have a specific thing that you're working on and When you put too many, like, barriers around it, it starts to feel like stress and you don't want it to get to that point. Yeah. So
0: let's speak it, queens.
1: Yes. So what are the benefits of journaling?
0: What are they? (laughs) Um, Studies suggest that the habit can actually boost your immune system. Did not know that. It lowers your heart rate and actually helps to lessen symptoms of depression, anxiety, and PTSD. That makes sense. I can get behind it. Yes. So one of the things when you're writing in a journal, you're actually taking the time to cope with your emotions in a tangible way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the winning piece here. So for someone like me, it takes a minute for me to get started like the writing process but when I sit down and write it really helps to pull out what I'm feeling especially if I'm not taking the time to notice Mm. like sometimes I just kind of have to like start and not think about it being this perfect thing of just like what is what are you thinking right now and like getting it out on the paper because I think I have a hard time as we've probably talked about on this podcast many times uh, of actually acknowledging what I'm feeling at the moment that I'm feeling it so writing it down is a helpful practice for me and I can recognize problems and actually um, figure out consistent stress points that come up and how to talk about them with the people or you know figure out a solution to something that's a roadblock for me at the time
1: Yeah, you're good at the reflective process when when you have done the consistent journaling, or even when you do it sporadically, you are always very good about like, that reflection piece of it, which is something that I don't think we talk about as much with the journaling process. Like it's a really good outlet and to get everything out. And we'll talk about ways to do that. But that reflective process, like with anything, it it, it actually then addresses the reason that you may have started journaling. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that is an important piece to go back to.
0: Yeah. And the other thing is that research has shown that our short-term memory storage is limited, which we're probably all familiar with. We can Mm -hmm. hold about five to seven things in our head at one time. Um, And anything beyond that, we forget or start to feel overwhelmed because we're like, it's on a loop in our short-term memory so that we don't forget it and so when you take the time to record your thoughts that clears out that storage and it helps to quiet the restless mind and i think for me and sid people who feel a little bit anxious (laughs) some from time to time feeling the lack like the the decrease in the need to ruminate on thoughts is a wonderful beautiful thing and will actually allow you to feel and think more More
1: clearly. clearly. It makes me think of, and now I cannot believe I'm blanking on the name of this movie that I absolutely love with the emotions and they go back to get the marbles that are the memories Oh my God! I feel like Amy Poehler was in it. Yes, and she played like happiness. No, I can't remember. Sadness with anger. Joy. Joy was the yeah. Joy that was the best. But that movie, like I, as you're talking about this, like I'm visualizing that movie because you can see like how much the the person's like head holds, and then where they go back and get the memories and like decide which ones to put back in the brain. And that is so true because you can only hold so much. But i that's a great movie. And, of course, it's gone now. But <laughs> short-term short memory, not on my side.
0: It's going to come to me, so I'll probably shout it out halfway true. through the episode. Okay, perfect. Um, but I think also a lot like note-taking, when you write things down, that's committed to memory, too. So especially if you're thinking about journaling from, uh, like, life experience, daily experience type situation or just like acknowledging like what are the things that I'm feeling, like pivotal moments. You absorb those emotions, facts and memories into the long-term memory when you write it down. And so
1: it sticks with you. Absolutely. This has been really helpful for me in therapy because I'll bring a notebook with me just to write down like the key things that we talk about and then I go back and just process them as I'm kind of going back and and I do the reflective process I think in my brain when it comes to that conversation but then having some of those notes taken down then I can go back and and reprocess and then know what I want to talk about for the next time as well because I've remembered like what came up and so when things start to leave my brain I'm like oop got to make sure that this lives somewhere so it doesn't get lost somewhere so along the way. Love it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you start
0: your day with it too, it helps to boost your creativity and ease you into the morning. And I think this will also help with the lack of desire to check email or hop on social media first thing in the morning. So that is a positive opportunity. And I think also to have an activity where you're like where you actively have a slow morning where you sit with your coffee and kind of savor it and like soak in the moment. We'll get to some of that later as we talk about different types of journaling. But um, I think that's definitely an ad- like an advantageous situation to be in mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm.
1: It also, again, for me, it has limited the amount that I'm like word vomiting on the people around me. Because I find that if I don't work through it via writing it down and journaling it in some way... If I don't work through it that way, then it's all coming out at whoever I'm talking to, whether it involves them or not. It's just all coming at them like a brick wall instead of if I take the time, and I think this is a benefit when you take the time to write everything down, then if you want to talk about it further, either just like to discuss, you know, whatever it is or just as a way that you've collected your thoughts, not even about a specific thing, but... The first person that says hello to you isn't getting, like, your brain's worth of thoughts in that moment. And so they're just – they're not, like, having to then digest everything that you've been going through for the whole day. And not that that's a bad thing, but I do think I have learned that this practice benefits me because I don't just throw everything at someone. Mm-hmm. And I think that is um, – Something to consider because then you know the conversation is clearer, it's actually a two way conversation about something versus a one way wall coming at someone about my stuff, yeah. And that's just not fair, that's helpful,
0: yeah. So, I think the other thing that is important for us to keep in mind is the piece of like what is it going to be for you to make this a consistent practice? Um, because I think when you think about it's I think you have to think about how it makes sense for you first before you think about the actual style that might work for you.
1: Uh, Yeah. Yep.
0: Um, And I read this awesome blog called Zen Habits, and they say that the best way to begin forming a new habit is make it easy so you can't say no. That makes sense. (laughs) So instead of it being an overwhelmingly intellectual task, I think – That's, like, where I come at it, where it's, like, this is going to be, like, so time-consuming and I have to be, like, verbose and, like, thoughtful.
1: And you just, like, get the whole stage ready to go. Like, your coffee is there. Your candle is ready. You've pulled up your chair.
0: Yeah. And And you're ready to
1: make some things happen. And then it's, like, beep,
0: like, laundry's done. You're, like, thank God. (laughs) So actually setting aside some quiet, undistracted time to sit down and think about your day and write might be helpful for you. Mm-hmm. But I think it's all about thinking about what you naturally gravitate toward when it comes to this. Like, you want to write? Yeah. When do you want to write? Um, so maybe it's like logging your day or problems you've worked through. Maybe it's a few bullet points at... Uh, The moment that you wake up and you want to reflect on your dreams, it could also be like something if you're the kind of person that does a morning meditation, maybe you write out a few thoughts or, you know, reflections on that experience. Um, But I think first and foremost, finding what works for you and see if you can stick with a method and figure out the sticking point for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think really for a lot of people, the hardest thing can be finding time to do it that makes it that consistent thing. Mm-hmm. So notice the moments when you feel the urge and then just do it. Right. Um because I think it can be a common thing to put it off of like oh I'll get to that later. But it's like you just you your body gave you the like rush to it would be really nice to write some things down. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm feeling some things or I'm having some thoughts. I feel like I want to get this down. So taking a moment to like actively go and and figure out maybe if you can build a routine around
1: that because mm-hmm. like maybe every day it comes up at noon. <laughs> just just spitballing here. Maybe. <laughs> I always found when I had that urge, and this is the problem with we think that, like, in all caps, the thing that will fix us Mm -hmm. is it has to be a routine. It has to be set in stone. We cannot deviate from the path. And I always had this idea that, like, when the urge to write hit me, I thought I was doing it wrong. I always thought that, like, you're not not actually committed to this because you're only doing it when it's convenient to you. And this was, like the imaginary boss that lives inside my head that's telling me how to live my life. <laughs> I was like, wait, where'd that person come from? How'd that happen? And it's, it's like, really- like, why are you already telling me I'm doing it wrong? Exactly. And that's exactly what was happening is I'm sitting there being like hard on myself because I've chosen to do it at this time when I usually do it another time or I usually don't do it at all or there's another way to do something that feels good in that moment. And mm-hmm. this is what we do to ourselves is- if, if it is something that is just coming up, you're like, well, it's not going to be a habit now. Cause I'm just like an urge person. Like I just do it on a whim. Like, how am I ever going to make a habit out of that? And that negative energy is obviously going to not go anywhere. Um, so I think it's like this, as we've talked about in other episodes it's is there a way to like replace a mindless scroll with a journal entry mm-hmm. and it is this moment where it's like there doesn't have to be a set anything if you want to get something out on paper just do it right and that was always the like i don't know why it i can i can hear that person in my head being like you're not really committed to this are you Like, screw you. Well, I always think about it, too, of, like, this needs to be a log, and every day
0: needs to look exactly the same, or I must fill a full page, or, like, because I I date my page entries, Mm -hmm. and, like, first of all, how often are you going back and looking (laughs) on those things? And, like, it's your journal. Write whatever you want to write. Maybe it's goals. Maybe one day it's, like, I'm frustrated, and I just want to, like, get my feelings out on a page. It could be whatever I want it wanted to be. Oh, yeah. And in college,
1: <laughs> I used to like talk to myself. Because I used to write a lot in college, do a lot of journaling. And I still have all of them, which is like I can't even open them without feeling a lot of feelings. But I remember when I'd be writing and being like, don't say that because don't say that. <laughs> Like, like someone's gonna find it and at that moment you're like wow I should really be in therapy right now but it really is this moment where you're overthinking it to the, the point of like what's even the point if you're not really expressing how you're feeling or what's going on because you're so scared of like who's gonna find it what's gonna happen if you tell tell the truth to yourself or others in parenthesis or yeah in parentheses. no those are quotes Quotes. <laughs> I'm so tired. Um, but that's a problem. <laughs> so be not just be kind to yourself, but recognize that this is not a perfect system and that there are things you can do to get you started. But just just starting is, is a goal in and of itself. And it doesn't need to be at a certain time. And it doesn't need to be in a certain way. It just needs to be something that helps you in yes. some way. Yes.
0: Um, the other thing to think about is, are you an app person or are you a paper person?
1: Interesting. So
0: the other piece that gets into the journaling to do and what works for you is figuring out what, the, what are the tools that you need to do the task. Mm-hmm. What size paper is your vibe? Are you a lined paper? Are you a blank page? Are you a grid
1: person? Blank page people stress me out. Yeah. But I get it. You might be a doodler.
0: Yeah, because that, that could be a thing that that fits into your journaling experience. Um, for me, it needs to be something that fits in my purse. Mm. So that's something to think about. Maybe it's a bigger notebook or something with spirals. Maybe it's literally like a 99 cent like...
1: Nothing thing.
0: Whatever pickup at walmart kind of vibe
1: i never considered this to be part of the process Mm -hmm. but then you think about with anything it needs to feel good yeah and i was like grid what really but some people are grid people Mm -hmm. and hey again whatever works my brother he's a grid person yeah wow
0: that makes sense he actually (laughs) got me grid note like a notepad and it's now my favorite notepad for like to work to do's or like note taking while
1: on a phone call or something interesting i feel like i want to dive into that from the psychological perspective later date super he's
0: very small handwriting (laughs) um but i like rhodia has a lot of great options for a variety of different styles of notebooks leather bound Mm. different thickness etc so if you're just looking at a starting point great place to to kick things off
1: Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and again, it's if it contributes to your success, like it's it's just make sure that you're doing it the way that it feels good.
0: Yeah, because you know one weird thing that I think about is that if it's a very big thick book, I think about it like I'm never gonna fill this, like it's a task. I
1: feel like journaling. There's like a strong dotted line to so many things <laughs> that make up who we are. And, like, somebody's had to have done some research on this. Yeah. Right? Like, somebody. I'm surprised we
0: didn't stumble on it while we were
1: prepping for this episode. I'm going to become a doctor and do it myself. All right. That's my new life goal. Let's get after it.
0: <laughs> uh, Another thing that can come into play in terms of helping with the consistency is um, finding prompts that are helpful for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and there are a lot of great options available. Sometimes it's just like a question that you ask every day and there are resources on, on the internets for those kind of things of like, what am I grateful for? Or like, what am I feeling today? Mm-hmm. If you need something to like kickstart the thought process, because again, a lot of things that... Are an obstacle when it comes to journal- journaling is like, my pen is to paper, but I don't know what to do. Um, and so one that we I have and have heard recommend, recommended by other people is 52 Lists for Happiness.
1: You love a list.
0: Which is a weekly journaling option. Um, but that is by Morea Seal, and that's available on Amazon if you're interested. Um, and we've also talked about Two Minute Mornings um, by Neil
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That's the one that I think I've talked about episodes ago about Mm -hmm. the two-minute mornings, and I actually found this very helpful. It has the three prompts to, like, get – I mean, I did it in the morning, so to get my day started. And it really did, at least for the time that I was doing it, just dive into like the meat of what I was feeling and that's what I wanted out of that experience I wasn't doing it to just kind of like willy-nilly write things down so it does that one specifically does help you like really dig into like what you're going through or what you're thinking about I will say I just did a blank notebook and wrote the prompts in the blank notebook so if budget is a thing for you that is also an option
0: and you make a good point too because the piece that can be difficult is acknowledging like what you were talking about of like
1: don't say that (laughs) someone (laughs) will find out shaming
0: yourself about the way that you're journaling yeah like you can start with the prompts like in terms of like the habit building like do it for three months Mm -hmm. see where it gets you and like if you make it a consistent habit it might evolve you might find that your system will change after time like once you've kind of figured out like Okay, I found the time frame that I'm into it. I found yeah. the style that I like. And so then like accepting that it's going to evolve and not restricting yourself within the box of like, well, I bought this notebook and <laughs> I have to you know fill all the pages (laughs) well that's what ended
1: up happening is like at some point i felt like the prompts didn't actually ask me what i needed to be saying in the journal yeah so there was like i felt like stunted by the prompts (laughs) to a certain degree and that's why it was like this process where it's like oh you've opened the door to other things that you want to get out on paper and so like those prompts really do help get you started
0: and i think that shift
1: is important too Mm -hmm yeah yeah absolutely
0: and so if you are more on the app uh variety there you could obviously utilize the notes app on the iphone or whatever like notepad vibe you have on your smartphone if you want something that's like at your the palm of your hand at any moment because mm-hmm. i think especially thinking about the consistency piece is like You'll always have your phone on you, most likely, Probably. no matter where you are. So you can get all your thoughts out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, or Day One app is one that I've heard from people are, is like a great option for mm. a digital journal. Um, and so we'll link to that in show notes too but it integrates with reminders in your calendar there's an option for dictation if you have the Ooh, Apple Pencil it I like that. integrates with that as well and there's passcode protection so your entries are safe if you're very much a private journaler and don't want anyone to find them
1: so you don't have to like have a janky lock on your <laughs>
0: like dear diary
1: <laughs> oh man those were the days <laughs> So with the
0: practice, you'll figure out, like, test a couple options and see what works for you. But I think keeping in with that mindset before you actually, before you're like, this is the journaling option I'm going to decide on. Like, take these suggestions in stride Mm -hmm. because you'll figure out as you do it that you might want a different process based on your personality or, like, the way that your mind works, et cetera.
1: Absolutely. What are the types of journaling we're going to cover? The first one is probably the maybe, I don't want to say basic, because basic now has a negative connotation. But it is like the most probably straightforward. Entry level. Everybody's done it. Exactly. And that is The gateway drug
0: to journaling.
1: (laughs) Yes. Like all of that, just it's right in front of you. You're ready to dive in. Free journaling, paragraph style stream of consciousness let your brain run Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. I like this because it's you just putting pen to paper and getting what's in your head out in writing and it can be whatever you want it to be you Mm -hmm. release your emotions you solve problems you remember important moments of your day maybe you set goals or just let your thoughts flow
1: Mm -hmm. it just is the release of info. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is the, like, once I'm in the habit mode of journaling, this is definitely the one that I gravitate toward because it does allow for so many avenues. And as we know, when I feel boxed in, I freak out. (laughs) So (laughs) this is really good for me personally. And this is what I used to do in college. And going back to the word vomiting thing, I found that when I'm about to throw something at someone else, I'm like, this is probably an appropriate time to get your journal out because it's either not meant for them or it needs to be worked through first. And Mm -hmm. so the free journaling is definitely the go-to for me.
0: Next up, one line a day. Mm. This allows you to record daily happenings Mm -hmm. and is a very low barrier to entry for anyone who has a scary feeling about long form journaling or expectations around like three pages is too much <laughs> but <laughs> it like can, it can end up being limited limiting because um it can become a repetitive task or doesn't allow for enough reflection mm-hmm. it's kind of like of the moment like what happened today yeah like it could be like timmy went to the store i think that feels important
1: I actually started doing this in the form of writing down memories in my planner. So, like, one of the pages in my planner is the full month and, like, day by day by day. And I we've talked about in the past how we don't really hold on to good memories nearly as long as bad ones and so in an effort to make them like stick a little bit longer or remember them to some degree um this has actually helped a lot and sometimes i forget to do it and sometimes i'm like oh it's been like six days and i haven't had any memories (laughs) like but it and When things happen that I want to stick or things happen that I want to hold on to, it actually has been nice to just write it down in in its, its day square and keep it there for a little bit. So it's not necessarily just like the one line a day, but it does have some benefit if it, in my opinion, and for what I've been using it for, it does have that purpose.
0: I like that idea too of just like, even if this isn't your consistent practice that you do of like developing a need for journaling to get your emotions out if that's like the vibe that you need Mm -hmm. but it is I think to acknowledge that piece of like this is an important memory I want to remember this and have a note of it because again like it's gonna stick with you right and to take the second to write that down I
1: really like that yeah because it's like had a met a goal today or like had a great coffee with a yeah. friend and like and just those little things that like make up the bulk of our life and finding a place to help them live a long, a little longer
0: yeah i like it that it exists in your calendar too mm-hmm.
1: so you know like in february of 2019 i this happened ate chocolate <laughs> every day <laughs> yeah
0: and that's one of the things too that um the one day app will or day i always do that uh, day one ah, yes. <laughs> Um, that will it'll actually like do a pop-up of like on this day five years ago
1: oh i love that and have a
0: nice little like journal reflection moment which i think is or like if you are the type of person that will like maybe you don't do a full journal entry but you do a memory i think that's great That's awesome. um now on to hot topic trend of the moment Bullet journaling.
1: Ooh. Ah.
0: So this is all about efficiency. It has topics, page numbers, systems, sentences, bullets, and it's it very much is like structured in a daily to-do list style thing, but also has a combo journal piece to it, hmm. and it's literally like it's a system. I have linked in the show notes, queenspeaking.com slash 56, FYI, uh, a youtube video that blew my mind wow on how to actively do it but it this is something that's very good for detail oriented people who crave a sense of control mm-hmm. because this will it like there are things that are dots there are things that are squares that are like tasks that you check off wow and then other things that are just like this is a note i want to make sure i remember hmm. and then you like pull in all the important things or like stuff that wasn't done onto The the next next
1: week or next month, whatever. That's intense. Right? It does feel like it'd be good for, like, your morning or evening journalers. Like, the people that start their day with an intention, even if it's not, like, the to-do list style, but it is, like, an intention for the day and you want to, like, get your day started in a certain way. This seems like a good thing for those people. Mm -hmm. And it's different than, like, a prompt, it sounds like, because it's coming from your own yeah it's space. like a
0: combination of like calendar based planning with a journaling aspect so that you're like productive and also reflecting on your experiences
1: this one does feel like it is is an, an easier way into the habit forming if it becomes like part of your routine but mm-hmm. again going back to your thing about routine versus ritual like i'd be really interested for people that might practice the bullet journaling like where this lives for them in yeah. the routine and ritual conversation. So that's, a, that's an interesting one.
0: Another one that I think uh, is very healthy to do and might exist within your own journaling practice it may come out time to time is vision or goal setting mm. as it relates to journaling. So this is kind of like with the structure of visualizing your future and setting intentions and Having a place to keep track of your goals so that you can break them down into action steps or to-dos.
1: The reflecting people. This is it. Yeah. This is is like
0: the let me paint my future, like, big picture kind of process. Maybe you even, like, toss in – because, like, this exists within this, too. It's like maybe you're a doodler or maybe you're like let me paste some, like, magazine articles or, like, quotes – Absolutely.
1: I say that so much. It's okay. <laughs> but I do think I mean I t- so I took a creative writing class once and it was a writing class because I write. I don't draw or picture anything. And she did have us doodle one day and it was really helpful from the like, and she did have us do it as like a visualizing your future kind of a thing. And she had us write and then she had us doodle. And that was really helpful, I think, in a way that helps you unlock certain pieces of your brain. If you think of yourself hardcore writer, like you're not an artist, again, in quotes or anything like that. But it did it did help like dig into some different some different parts. But this is like your vision board but written down. Yeah. Which is super fun. It's like that dream big moment. Like, go for it. See what could happen. See what comes up. (laughs) Uh, The other one
0: is, this is fun to me, I've never done this, but uh, dream journaling. Oh, I
1: never remember.
0: So (laughs) this is where you write your dreams down and it provides a record of all the amazing creative insights that your subconscious is working through in your dream state. Um, But it helps with problem solving and clarity during difficult situations because the way that your subconscious solves problems is not the way that your normal brain would. Mm. So you might be able to see, like, patterns or symbols for things or, like, something that consistently comes up when you're feeling certain ways. So if you're stressed or you're happy or you're going through periods of transition, um, you might have. And especially as you get older, like, you start to see, like, recurring, if you have a recurring dream or, like, What are the pieces of this puzzle Hmm. showing me? But it does require you to, like, immediately wake up and, like. Write it down. Have it, like, so you need to have your journal at the ready. Yeah. And. Never, never. Or, like, some people wake up in the middle of the night. So that might require, like, a let's turn the light on and.
1: (laughs) Jot that sucker down. Yeah, I remember one dream. Ever. It's one dream that sticks in my brain because it was terrifying. It wasn't a nightmare. It was a dream that was just really scary, which I know sounds like a nightmare, but it wasn't. I wouldn't consider it. (laughs) Sounds crazy. But I wouldn't consider it a nightmare. It was just, it was so real that it was scary. I guess that's what it was. But that's the only dream I've ever remembered. What? And I I think about it all the time.
0: Oh, my gosh. I have very vivid dreams. And often when I'm stressed, they're about me trying to... Like help people during natural disasters, wow, or I'm swimming, like there's a big tide that's coming, like kind of like a big tidal wave, and everybody's like super chill on the shore, and I'm like
1: Freaking in out. the
0: water, but not drowning, huh, like treading water, but like
1: can't get out, weird, yeah, but you're not drowning no, well actually and that, it's not and it's not scary <laughs> when I said it out loud i just I just saw you in real life treading water as a giant. <laughs> tidal wave is coming like, the, figuratively the
0: strangest thing is that it fe- i feel a very strong sense of calm even though i might it's, a,
1: it's about to hit yeah wow i feel like that is a metaphor for your life i mean yeah
0: <laughs> well the natural disaster one I. it was uh a lot a lot of tornadoes hmm. and a lot of and like uh that was back when i worked at at xerox back in the day <laughs>
1: you knew it was coming. Um, Of like,
0: everybody take cover. And now it's a lot of like hurricanes. The other night it was a snowstorm combined with a hurricane. So if anyone has any insight on that, let me know. But I think that's the point is like, what are the things that are going on in your life? And why are these like maybe these themes coming up? But if you're not a dream person, then this is probably not a great practice for you.
1: No, I think that I... I I don't even know if I dream, honestly. I know they say everybody does, but I honestly, I only remember that one dream, and it was years ago, and it still haunts me to this day. That's so, so maybe so I've weird. blocked the ability <laughs> to have any other dreams enter my consciousness or subconsciousness. Oh because my... so,
0: like, when you and Doug wake up, do you ever talk about you don't have like, oh my gosh, I just had the craziest dream?
1: There have been mornings where I've woken up and said like, wow, I think I had a crazy dream. But I think it was also just like maybe a very deep sleep. And I'm not a super deep sleeper. Mm. But I never remember what happens in them. <laughs> but I'll tell you about my – my. it's not even a recurring dream. It was just terrifying. <laughs> it's just – it's there forever now.
0: All right. Moving on. <laughs> we're going to cap it with gratitude journaling. Because this is something that we have talked about a bunch of times and is something that I think is a good – doable thing for a lot of people is just simply writing about something that you're grateful for Um, it's one of those things that studies do say that it can improve your sleep and happiness and help even reduce symptoms of illness which is
1: mind-blowing everything's connected man because
0: it helps you actually acknowledge like there are good things happening in my life and even though something didn't necessarily go well today what did i learn from this or like who are the people that stood behind me what do i take away
1: It's I honestly when I when I think about this and when you said that out loud and the things that it can improve or like just do for you my shoulders relaxed Mm -hmm. and I took a deep breath because it's remembering what is important and like just thinking about something that can improve your sleep and increase your happiness and it's as simple as taking minutes a day to think about like what is good in your life and write and things that you can do to make those things bigger and brighter. It just makes it like gives me this incredible sense of calm. And then just putting all of that into writing, you're like that now lives forever. I now remember it. It is there. I've read it. I've said it out loud and it's now on paper. And it just like, it just feels good to think about. I
0: love this. Yeah. And I feel like we've given <clears throat> all of you lots to think about. Lots. <laughs> a lot to digest. But of the most important piece of this, I think it's just allowing yourself to, f- like, accept and notice when you feel the urge to write. and First and foremost. where do you go from there? Because mm-hmm. there's so many different offshoots from that point. Mm-hmm. So take it as it comes mm-hmm. and see if you can make it a habit. And I, I like the idea for some people who don't know that if they can make it a nightly or a daily practice start weekly and see if
1: see what that gets you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and don't yeah don't don't fall into the trap of overwhelming overwhelming yourself by doing this thing, again, in caps, like the thing that will fix us, the thing that will mm-hmm. fix you, that will make everything better. Because we know that that's not a one-stop shop. We know that is intentional work that we do on ourselves, and journaling absolutely helps that process. But the moment we put pressure on it and think that it's going to solve all of everything is the moment that it becomes not for us anymore. It becomes a chore. And that is not why we do this we do this as a sense of relief and calm and a way to express ourselves in a way that feels good for us and remember our memories and, remember and our gratitude love it mm-hmm. shall we break let's break feeling like a queen yet find us on instagram and twitter at queen and tell us all about it find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com see you next week